Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome back. Yes, Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, this is episode five. Uh, we're going to label this like a podcast now. It's officially a podcast that happens to be on the radio. That's how I'm handling it going forward. Um, yes, episode five of version 2.0 of the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And a lot of things going on tonight. Obviously, you got the Packers and the Bucks. They're going to be playing on Sunday. You got the Patriots and the Broncos. There's some COVID messy stuff there. You had some crazy games in college football. So a lot of things to get to along the way here. But what we're going to start with as we pick and prod through all the different things that are happening right now in the world of sports, you have to go with what's happening in baseball. And specifically, congratulations to the Rays. No shifts here for the Rays. Loud to the right of second in the pitch. Swing it up. Pop fly shallow right. Charging Margot. He is under it. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. For the second time in franchise history, the Rays are on their way to the World Series. So that's from Rays Radio. And by the way, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. So you hear that the Rays make it to the World Series, right? And the first reaction is, oh, well, thank God the Astros did, right? It's just the Houston Astros didn't. And, and we'll talk more about the Houston Astros in just a minute or two here. But the first thing that I think about when I hear that the Rays won the World Series, or are going to the World Series, rather, they, they didn't win it yet. Calm down, Tampa fans. All right, breathe. Um, once they make it, the thing that stuck out to me, the Rays this year are 28th in the MLB in payroll. 28th and part of me wonders is that a benefit like is that something that really is worth bragging about is that a curse you know what I mean like that's that's such a weird situation to be in because on some hand you look at it and you go okay 28th payroll in the league what does that mean well man we're a good front office right we are savvy we find guys we draft guys we develop guys we have an excellent way of and, and you saw it right uh, Rosarena tonight has another home run. He's been a monster throughout the playoffs. He's almost set a record or tied a record. He's one home run shy of doing that. And you figure now that he's going to the World Series, he's probably going to tie that record for homers by a rookie in the playoffs. So uh, it's, it's amazing run from him. You have Charlie Morton, an older veteran pitcher that they've got. Like you pile everything up. Those guys tonight, big factors in the win. And so looking at where the Rays are, you say 28th in payroll for them to make the World Series. That's amazing. But part of me can't help but look at it and go, you know, 28th in payroll. Guys, I mean, how great would you be if you spent a little bit more dough? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, isn't there something to be said for the other side of the equation? It is a testament. It sounds great. But also, it's like, hey, ownership, um, you're making that playoff revenue. Just, I'm just saying. I mean, hello? Hello? Just want to let you guys know. Is anybody in there? Yeah, you guys could have spent a couple more bucks. You know, maybe getting a free agent pitcher, maybe getting some sort of bat to come off the bench. 
you know, whatever it is. I'm not saying they have to sign a superstar at every single turn. I'm not saying they need to be the the New York Yankees every year. You know, going over the luxury tax regularly, the Yankees, a, a miserable state of existence where you either win the World Series every year or you're a failure. You know, it, it doesn't need to be like that. But isn't 28th in payroll just a little bit weird as a pride point? I, I just, I'm trying to figure out what to make of that. Straight cash, homie. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what they're saving. And that's the thing, right? The, part of the argument is that it's being cheap. And so I'm curious, and, and, you know, I've only been back for five weeks. Honestly, I don't know which cities this show is live in yet. So if, if you're listening, if you can hear this, please tell me, where, where are you? Uh, but if we've got anybody out there right now, I don't know if we're in Tampa, where we are. I know we're in Florida, okay? I, I, I hope I'm in Florida. It's a big state. I need the ratings, baby. Uh, but if we're in Florida and, and you're a Rays fan or you're anywhere in the country and you're a Rays fan, I would love to hear from you right off the jump here at 855-212-4227 because when I just I think of that number of being the 28th in payroll, again, it feels like an accomplishment, but it also feels like a curse at the same time. If I'm they, cheap. Yeah, well, I am cheap. That might have been a cut from me. I, I look at things and I'm like, yeah, do I want to spend four bucks on the regular cheeseburger from Wendy's or am I going to the dollar menu? You know, I'll, I'll just get two off the dollar menu. I'll save, you know, 85 cents. That's a big deal. That's a hell of a discount. I'm cheap. Uh, I'm also broke, so the, the you know one thing kind of feeds the other. But I'm cheap. <laughs> but when you look at the the Rays, I mean, is it a benefit? Are are you celebrating that if you're a Rays fan? Is that something you get excited about? Can you not believe they did it with 28th in payroll in the MLB, 28th out of 30 teams? Or do you look at it and you go, you know, I this team is as good as they've been. They could have been better. They could be better right now. They could be a heavier favorite against whoever that ends up making it. The Braves, the Dodgers, whatever. This could be a better team. So I, I wonder about that. 855-212-4227. And James Graceffo is producing the show, as he does every single week. And and one, Graceffo, hello. Hi, Vince. How are you? <laughs> uh, thrilled to be here, I could see. Me? Yeah. Or you? You. I'm always thrilled to be here. Yeah, no. It's... You're, uh, you're, what, what I was insinuating that I might have just sounded like I woke up from a nap two hours ago. No yeah, well, you sound like you have to do four hours with me and you can't wait for the clock to run. Well, you know, the nap. I'm still recovering from the nap a little bit. Oh, uh, you know, I had a nap earlier today too, and I woke up, and for like two hours after the nap, I just felt like garbage. Yeah, so. it was a good 90 minute nap, and it just reset the body clock, you know? <laughs> These things happen. No, it totally does happen. So, all right, Graceffo, like, what, what do you make of this with the race? You know, how do you feel about the whole. 28th in payroll thing with them. I feel like it's a mega accomplishment. I think you're underselling it just a bit. You're you're saying, uh, couldn't it be better? They're going to the World Series. It can't be much better. <laughs> I mean, well, look, yeah. And it's not like they don't spend any money. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier's a guy who makes a lot of money. Charlie Morton's a guy who makes $16 million. So it's not like they spend no money. Uh, and it, But again, these guys get by on fleecing people like they did to the Pirates in the Austin Meadows and... Uh, Chris Archer trade, and they get by on savvy front office decisions, like getting G-Man Choi for nothing, yeah. or Randy Rosarena for nothing. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Cardinals wish they had that one back right now. Yeah, I would say so, and, and that is the other thing. Like, when you think about it, the accomplishment is a front office. As a front office, you brag about that, right? Because if you can't spend money, that's an ownership problem. That's that's not the GM saying, you know what? What if, guys, let's, let's have a meeting, okay? What if... We had the 28th payroll in the MLB, and we still tried to win every... Anyway, people would be like, what's wrong with you? That is the craziest decision you could ever possibly say, you know? But if you have ownership, 
that doesn't want to spend the money, well, then you flaunt that a little bit. You go, you know what? They didn't give us anything. We had a limited budget, and we made it work anyway, and here we are in the World Series. You look at that, you got to be proud of it. But as a fan, again, you got ownership involved, and that changes things a little bit. But the, the other part of the equation, too, is like people from the Rays front office should just be pulled every single year. Like, every single year, people from that front office need to be leading teams around the league. They just have to be. Like, how do you not look at that and go, for a team that's consistently competitive or or when they sell off, they, you know, they go through those cycles, for them to be the way that they've been over the years, like, every year. I mean, literally, the same way it was two years ago, every guy that knew Sean McVay was getting a head coaching job in the NFL. Somebody that's with the Rays needs a gig. It's it's just it's crazy for them to do this all the time. Hasn't that already started though? Didn't the Phillies hire Matt Clintech from the Rays or am I missing? No, unfortunately they didn't hire somebody from the Rays. They okay. hired Clintech from the Angels and oh, that went okay. horribly. All right. Horribly. I it, misspoke. Yeah, no, that was well that's fine. I make mistakes so, all the time. Uh, so I mean, you see the Red Sox general manager Heim Bloom came from the Rays and he basically tore it down to build it back up again. I mean, yeah. that's what's going on. With yeah. Them specifically. And that works. And and I, I know there's another guy right now that is a hot front office candidate for the Rays. His name escapes me right now. But there's definitely a guy out there. Because I know Phillies fans, since Clintac failed and they need a new GM, they're screaming for a guy that's from the Rays. Well, the guy in Houston running the show is James Click, who now who was in the Rays front office after everybody got cleaned out Good. in Houston. So. And that's what it should be. It should just be like, you go, you go, you look at the Rays, you say, all right, who's the next guy in line? And I'm just going to take that guy. That's what it needs to be for now. They just do such a great job. It's it's amazing. And again, they beat the Astros in order to do this. And that's that's the other side of this equation. As the Rays go and make the World Series, you look at the Houston Astros, and it's just a sigh of relief from everybody in America that doesn't live in Houston that the Astros aren't going to make it. And I got to tell you, it's it's funny because a week ago, on this show, I I'm thinking about the Astros and where they were, and at that point, just qualifying for the ALCS. I go, you know what? This is great for baseball. It is. Like, having the Houston Astros go as far as they did is a good thing for baseball. And you could make the argument that it would be better for baseball if they made the World Series, right? And that's that's a pretty good argument to make because everybody likes a villain, right? I mean, the best example I can give you is that when I was in college, right, I wasn't a good student, but I was there. And when I would leave a class, like let's say the first one or two classes – you're trying to make friends. You just try to make small talk. You get out of class. You look to the person to your right, and you go, man, so that teacher, woof, am I right? Like, you just you just say something to, to bash the teacher to give you a common, uh, common enemy, to give you something to talk about. And for the Astros, everybody hates them. And it's easy for the whole baseball world, really, and beyond, to rally around the idea that the Astros didn't make it. Or, or rather, the Astros, you know, trying to win a World Series – and falling short. So, in a way, it's a missed opportunity for baseball. Like, I would bet secretly they were rooting for the Astros to make it. They would never admit it. It's not a good look for, for Major League Baseball, who, you know, with all the problems of the punishments they did and didn't give and how that whole thing went, it, it wouldn't look good for them to be like, yeah, you know, Rob Manford was sitting in his office, and uh, it turns out he cursed when the Astros lost that game. Like, that's, that's not going to fly. But... Wouldn't it be a little bit more for the casual fan to bring those people in for the long-term future of the game? Wouldn't that be better for Major League Baseball if the Astros made it? Like, it feels like a victory, and that's the thing. is As much as it could be a benefit for baseball, I got to tell you, tonight, I, I'm in the hallway here, and I'm getting ready for the show, and it's the eighth inning, and the Astros are down two, 
and they've got a couple of men on and there's two outs and I'm looking at it and you get the strikeout. Okay. raise dodge a bullet. They keep the lead. Big moment. They survive. And I cheered for it. I cheered for it because as much as I knew that like, it's obvious that the Astros making it would be better for baseball. My instinct just took over and was like, nope, I can't see these guys possibly win. <laughs> there's, there's no way that I could get myself to root for the Astros and hope that they make it to the World Series. As much as I know what it'll do for the sport, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't get on board. So if you want to get in on any of that, 855-212-4227. And the last bit of baseball news for tonight is really you look at the Dodgers and the Dodgers hold on, and now you've got a game seven there. So Dodgers, Braves, that's going seven. And for that series, I got to say one, I like both teams. It, just in terms of like, what's a good story? What's fun to watch? What's something you can root for? You look at the Braves and what they've done over the past couple of years. You think of Freddie Freeman, the kind of player that he is. I mean, that guy's phenomenal. He's legitimately one of the scariest people in baseball. If you're going to have any guy come up to the plate in a given moment, who is somebody that under no circumstances do you want to face? For years, it's been Freddie Freeman. The guy's great. And and you look at last year, he was willing to move positions. He moved from first to third to get another bat in the lineup. Consummate team guy. Everything about Freddie Freeman is great. Um, you, you just look at the organization. They're on track to be very dangerous for a long time. They're well-built, well-run. They've got youth, all that good stuff. So that's a great story to see. But then you look at the Dodgers, and, and man, I mean, for them to be in this spot again, to be fighting and clawing and, you know, have Kershaw involved in a game where he loses and all this different stuff. You look at it and just go, oh, my goodness. Like, for the Dodgers, how many heartbreaks can you possibly take? And that's that's the part of me that I, as I'm looking at where this all falls now, I really am rooting for the Dodgers. I got I didn't think I'd be there, but because it's all that, you know, that, that for them, I was talking about the, the uh, Rays to start this thing and how they hardly spend any money. And for the Dodgers, the opposite side of the coin, they spend all the money. But for them to always make those big moves, you know, to go after Bryce Harper before, they bring in Machado, then they go and they bring in Mookie Betts. Like, this is a team that always goes for it. And for them to have the opportunity to be in their third World Series in four years with all of the stuff that they've been through, the Astros cheating that one year that they're in it, and all this other stuff, like, it's it's amazing to see what that team has gone through. And if they lose again, whether it's this Game 7 that's coming up against the Braves or they get to the World Series and and they end up losing to the Rays, you look at them and they have this opportunity to sort of feel like the 90s Bills. You know what I mean? Like this, this super talented team that always gets there and everybody knows it's one of the best teams in the league and they're going to be there at the end of things. And for the Dodgers, you know, having the best record in baseball a bunch of times and getting to the World Series and just falling flat again and again and again and again and again and again and again. It's unbelievable. I mean, like, and so to think of them being in that situation again, I really am rooting for them. I mean, some of these guys are a little bit older. You wonder how much longer they can really hang on to all of this and can the Dodgers get over the hump? But like part of me wants to see that it would, it would be really cool to see Clayton Kershaw and the career that he's had and the way the people rag on him, because that's what we do, right? It's a competitive sport. You, you rag on guys that can't show up in the moment, Paul George and playoff PU. You know what I mean? Like you look at all those things and you go, okay, uh, let's all bash on Paul George. Let's all pile on Clayton Kershaw. Part of me wants to see that guy get there and win it. Even if he's not the reason they do it, part of me wants to see Clayton Kershaw get the chance to hold a trophy. Part of me is rooting for the Dodgers. So, anyway, uh, 
855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. You can always join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. And when we come back, we need to talk about the rich getting richer in the NFL. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You know, we might have to bury that song. I feel like it's a little played out on sports radio, to be honest. <laughs> if there's a show that's going to play it, it's going to be this one. It's damn right it's going to be this one. <laughs> we need more Britney Spears than Sports Talk Radio. I think it, that's what all the, uh, the experts say, all the radio analysts. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they're talking about they're talking about this show and Britney Spears. Oh yeah, they're talking about this show all the time. Graceffo, come on, everybody listens to this show. It's the most popular sports radio show that happens to be on at you know eleven on the West Coast, two on the East Coast on CBS Sports Radio. It's the best one in that time slot yeah, on that it's the station. Only one. Well, exactly. There you go. Technicalities, baby. Yeah, I like how you hedged your bet there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, otherwise, let's be honest. I don't know who's listening to this show. <laughs> Me, you, the guy down the hall. Yeah, pretty th- much it. there's somebody in Pittsburgh that's listening, so that's good. We've got a listener in Pittsburgh. I just heard that. That's great. By the way, in, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we're going to be talking about the AFC North. i got a lot of things going on there. I, I just think it's a great division, and there's a lot of great stories. So I want to get to the, AF, uh, the AFC North in just a couple of minutes. But, but And not the Central, by the way. because And this is important to note is that I get certain things that I have to read throughout the show, and one of them that I do every show is to advertise a game that's coming up on CBS on TV, which makes sense. It's CBS Sports Radio. So, hey, cross-promotion, baby. So they they give me this thing. It's going to be promoting the Browns and the Steelers, which, great game, really exciting game, and again, we'll talk about that game. But initially, it promoted the game. as being an AFC Central matchup, which I can't even remember the last time Central was a thing. I mean, really, like, I remember being young enough where I'm an NFC East guy, being a Philly guy, and the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, were in the NFC East, which is hysterical. And I feel like in 2002 or something like that, it was gone. Like, do you know when the AFC Central stopped being a thing? Yeah, I want to say realignment was like 2001, 2002, because the Colts were always in the AFC East, which made no sense because they were, well, they were in Baltimore, which is on the eastern coast, and then they moved to Indianapolis like thieves in the night, as you you may or may not know. Yes, great story. Yeah, great story of how they... It is. It's a great story. <laughs> Let's flash back 30 years to educate everyone. No, one, one day we will do that. I love doing history stuff. Like, I actually used to do history documentary style podcasts. Like, I did one, like, 30 minutes on Spygate, heavily produced. It uh, Legitimately, I'd put, like, 30 hours into a single half-hour episode. It's crazy. So, I, yeah. the North and the South became things, I want to say, like, 2001, 2002. So, the AFC Central hasn't existed in... 20 years and we got it we got the read tonight yeah and i said and i read it which i mean you know miracles happen thank you miracles happen because i read it 
uh, which I never do. Yeah, I never and, read it. And I don't typically read things until I'm actually doing it live on the air, which is totally a mistake. I should not be doing that. Yeah, that you is should, when you teach a broadcasting class, like you know, when you're in your 60s. Yeah, tell them not to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do any. It, it's exactly do as I say, not as I do. So, yeah, to hop in and be like, yeah, so AFC Central matchup. And it's so funny because I get where people are coming from with that. Like, I'm still, five years from now, I'm still going to say the San Diego Chargers. You know, it's it's just, I've done it a couple of times already on this show. You're going to say the Oakland Raiders. I, I And I have done that already, and I will continue to do that throughout the year. There's no doubt about that. And so I get when those things pop up, but... Again, if it's 18 years ago, <laughs> like that's that's a long time ago to be dropping the AFC Central all of a sudden in a read. Like that's hysterical. I just love how that happened. <laughs> it's great. Now, here's the other thing too is I wanted to talk about something that actually in a way involves Graceffo. So so James Graceffo producing the show and Graceffo during commercial break, here's what he does. He he mentions, because, you know, I'm an Eagles guy, so he goes, hey, uh, Doug Peterson, how's he doing in Philly, huh? And, like, this is a regular conversation. That we, don't we have this conversation every week where you bring up Doug Peterson? Yeah, it might be every other week. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. It's a lot. You've, you've it's a, I'm having... trying to, like, I'm trying to nudge you for, like, something inside that I wouldn't know because, you know, you hang out at the Philly radio station that we all know and love. Yes, which hey, it's it's part of the network. It's right, all so, it's all corporate yeah, we can friendly. Mention it, yeah, know. so we can yeah. mention it. It's fine. Uh, we won't get in trouble. But yeah, like being a Philly, it's just funny because you've got your eye on Doug Peterson. You want him to be the coach of your New York Jets. So why why are you desperately looking for a head coach three, four, five, six weeks into the season? Because Adam Gase is terrible and the Jets are terrible, and you want to change the direction, right? Like you just need somebody else. Well, sure. Yeah. 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 And I figure, you know, we're putting all the pieces together. All these pieces kind of line up. You know, the guy who works, who runs the Jets now, Joe Douglas, who used to work in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson was coaching in Philadelphia at the point, as you know. Yes. And as many people know. You know, not really breaking news there. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it just seems like it just seems like it's a very, I don't know what the word, testy marriage right now between Howie Roseman yeah. and the Eagles yeah. and Doug Peterson. It just doesn't seem like... Everything is uh, hunky dory, as the kids would say. Yeah, so as all the kids do say. Um, yeah, it's not it's not great in Philly right now, and for you to be interested in a head coach already, like totally makes sense. Yeah, uh, I was the, interested in a head coach in week two. Yeah, you should have been. And and obviously, there's a lot of issues with Adam Gase and how that works out with the Jets. But part of it, and this is this is funny, and, and what highlights it is, Le'Veon Bell gets cut from the Jets this week, and he didn't do anything for that team. I mean, what literally like. What was his total impact on the Jets? He cashed some straight cash homie. Yeah. That's it. That's all he did. He he collected a bunch of checks. He played a handful of games. He didn't do anything. The team lost a billion games. He was miserable the whole way. Like, he he was totally unremarkable, and, and it, it's an all-time bad signing for the Jets. It didn't help that the, the, the head coach was basically uh, not told that this was happening until it happened, and he <laughs> wanted no part of Bell or any high-paid running back whatsoever. Yeah. Because, you know, teams in the NFL, they don't pay running backs anymore. Uh, news flash to the Jets two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's just how it worked out. So it all comes back to the fact that the Jets are dumb, and they hired a general, or they fired a general manager two seconds after they hired a coach, and yep. uh, they're just stupid. Yeah. So, and then they didn't confer at all. And he said, "Well, I'm going to sign Le'Veon Bell," and he was like, "I'd rather you didn't." 
And then, uh, you know, you got what you got. Yeah, this is what happened. So they cut Le'Veon Bell. They eat a bunch of money. It was one of those contracts that literally, as soon as it got announced, I went, this is not going to work. There's just, there's no way that well, this is going to happen. they were going to cut him at the end of this year anyway because all of their guarantees were pretty much done after this year. So they basically got a six-week head start, and he's, or not six-week, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like a 10-week, 11-week. 12, 10-week head start, and they gave Bell a chance to go somewhere else. It clearly wasn't working out here. He's liking tweets, basically saying, hey, you only got one target today. Like. <laughs> uh, and, you know, this is what's been happening here. This well, is what's yeah. been happening here for the last six months. And that's why they had to get rid of him. But it's funny because, again, like, you could tell from a mile away it just wasn't going to work there. Because for the, for the style of player that he is, he, he needs an offensive line because he sits there and he's... He's very patient to the point of almost frustration. Like, you see him, and then he gets to the line of scrimmage, and then he just stands there. And he's kind of looking around for a second or two, and he's like, okay, well, I see what's going on to the left, and maybe that's a good opening, but let me check the right first. And then he looks over to the right, and he goes, okay, well, that you know, that's a pretty good gap, but I'm going to go back to the left. And then he, he goes through the left, and there's a big hole because it's like eight seconds into the play at this point, and somehow nobody's tackled him, and he runs it for 15 yards. Like, when, he, when you watch his highlights... You remember that Le'Veon Bell is one of the best running backs in football when he's healthy. And you think of where he is now and how he got there. And for the Jets, I mean, it just, it was a situation that was never going to work. And it totally tanked his stock. And and you see that happen so many times where a guy signs a high-profile free agent contract and it doesn't work. And it's not necessarily that the player's bad. It might be that it's a terrible fit and they just don't max that player out anymore, or maybe the, the player does fall off a cliff. Either way, you see so many bad free agent contracts all the time, and Le'Veon Bell is without a doubt one of the worst free agent signings you could ever see, I mean, for football at least. I know there's other guys in baseball, you get like 18-year deals and stuff like that, and they're, and they're total wrecks, but man, I mean, you see that contract, and it's just overwhelmingly miserable, and so... One of the things I want to do here is just throughout the show, if you've got a contract, if you've got a guy you can think of that signed a free agent deal and it just didn't work out at all, like in any way, shape, or form, it was just one of the worst signings that could have possibly been. Let's talk about it. Huh? 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show on uh, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, and it's sponsored by GEICO. Want to know what's really scary? Seeing just how much you could have been saving on car insurance by switching to GEICO. It'll keep you up at night. Switch to GEICO and save. So again, 855-212-4227. If you've got a free agent signing train wreck, if you will, I'm Vince Quinn. You can always join the show on Twitter. And we've got a couple of responses already at It's Vince Quinn. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. We got to talk about Trevor Lawrence and and the amazing highs and the pitiful sadness that goes with being Trevor Lawrence. There's a lot baked into it, and we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. If you want to hop in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. By the way, we podcast this thing, so if you missed the first hour, we will be podcasting the show. Just Google the Vince Quinn Show. That's going to be the easiest way to do it. But 
I am here. James Graceffo is here. And let's talk about one of my favorite stories this week. Because what you have right now in the NLCS is a hell of a series, right? Dodgers, Braves, it's going to game seven. Just a really fun matchup. A lot of offense. Just it, It's been really fun. Now, looking at one of my favorite moments of the week, you go to game one. So we're going back a little bit. Monday might feel like a year ago for some of you, but it's just a couple of days. We're going back to Monday. Vince, what happened on Monday? Well, allow me to explain. So game one of the series takes place. Starting for the Dodgers, pitcher Walker Bueller. Now, Walker Bueller, pretty good game. Pretty good game by all accounts from Walker. Here's what he did is he gave up in the first inning. He gives up a solo homer to Freddie Freeman, which, not a surprise, Freddie Freeman is amazing. And then after that, nothing. Nothing. Great performance. One run in a playoff game. He goes five or six innings. Just excellent. So... What happens is it's a 1-1 game, and it's the top of the ninth. And Blake Trinan's on the mound for the Dodgers. And Austin Riley, for the Braves, comes to the plate. Ball and two strikes offering on the way. That swung on. That's hit well. Did he sting this one over the left field wall? He did! Austin Riley gives the Braves a ninth inning lead. Devastating. Absolutely devastating. To give up a home run like that, in the top of the ninth is a terrible feeling, especially when your offense hasn't been going. It's not like, oh, it's seven to six, but hey, we've been getting them and we've got an opportunity to get this one back. No, 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 no. The Braves have been giving you a hard time all night. You've got one run on the board and now you're down one. So that's a terrible feeling. Then a couple of batters later, Marcelo Zuna, he comes up, RBI single. Suddenly it's a three to one game. So Trinan gets pulled from the game. Jake McGee comes in for the Dodgers, right? The game is slipping away and a couple of batters later, Ozzie Albies steps to the plate. No balls, two strikes. Offering to Albies. He cracks one in the air to deep left center field. This one will challenge the wall. This ball is gone. Ozzie Albies gives the Braves a 5-1 lead with his first postseason home run in 2020. Yeah, so that is terrible. I mean, what a horrible feeling it must have been for everybody on the Dodgers to be sitting on the bench in that moment as the game you just know is over. They all knew it. It was done. And how did it play out? Well, once they got up to the plate, they went one, two, three, and that was it. So for a game one to go like that, for Walker Bueller to go out and pitch a good game, really strong first outing, and have everything fall apart in the top of the ninth, so it basically just happened. And then he goes to the, the uh, press conference, and this happens. Hey, Walker. Uh, Walker Bueller's pants were trending on Twitter tonight. Um, Pray another time for a place, Michael. <laughs> Thank you, Walker. <laughs> yeah, this guy decided after Har- Walker Bueller's heart gets ripped out as they lose this game in the top of the ninth, 
in the NLCS. He goes, hey, uh, Walker, I know you just had a tough loss here, but let me tell you, your pants were a little tight. People on Twitter were talking about it. What do you say? And I don't know what he expects Walker Bueller to say in that moment. Like, well, let me tell you, I'm a size 36, but I like to wear a 34 because you know what? I look good in it. It feels good to wear tight pants. It's a clown question, bro. Yeah, it was. It was a clown question, bro. What are you doing? And, and it's so funny. Can we can we play it again? Because his reaction, the, the report Porter's reaction at the end of that, after Walker Bueller reacts, is absolutely hysterical. So, yeah, play it again. Hey, Walker. Uh, Walker Bueller's pants were trending on Twitter tonight. Um, Pray another time or a place, Michael. Thank you, Walker. <laughs> Thank you. Just, oh, just, sorry. Excuse me. Should have done that. <laughs> You're a clown. <laughs> Uh, and I get it because, like, there's there's some element of you look at this and go, wow, well, it is this big trending thing. And he clearly knows Walker Bueller because Bueller addresses him by name. He goes, not the time or place, Mike. <laughs> so this guy's like, yeah, well, I know. I happen to know Walker Bueller. Lucky me. Let me ask him about these tight pants. The people want to know. They need answers. Was it intentional? Did they get washed a little too much? They were on hot water instead of cold water. What happened, Walker? We need to know. America is dying. And and suddenly he just goes, yeah, there's no way I'm answering that question right now. You've got to be uh, Tremendous fight. <laughs> I mean, can you really, like, Graceffo, can you believe he asked that question? I just, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Uh, in a word, no. Yeah. No, I cannot <laughs> believe that someone would have the wherewithal or lack thereof to ask that question, especially after a loss. It's not the question you ask after a loss. Like, if you want to wait a day or you want to wait, like, two days and you say, hey, what about your pants, man? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's just, but again, like, now we're talking about not having access to athletes anymore the way the media is used to having access to athletes yeah so like we're never gonna like of all the things that have changed now we're never gonna go back to having people in locker rooms it's over there's no way uh do you think baseball play baseball's players especially creatures a habit that want to be left alone right if you know yeah. anything now these guys hate people walking around their clubhouse half hour 45 minutes before the game once they get them out of there they're never coming back. The baseball baseball players hate the media as a whole. They don't <laughs> want to do anything for anyone. They don't even want to wear microphones when Fox or MLB Network asks them to wear a microphone. You think they want people hanging around? And they don't even like look fondly on the media anyway. Like they all oh, look at these look at these guys who couldn't hack it and do our job hanging around the me- hanging around us. Asking us dumb questions 45 minutes before a baseball game. And then they hang in here 45 minutes after the game and ask us dumb questions. They're never coming back. You're going to have Zoom press conferences the rest of your life. Yeah, well, it, it's going to be tough. And i got to tell you, to your credit, like the number of people that I've talked to that have been beat reporters and done the baseball beat but also done other sports, they've all said baseball players are the worst. All of them. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty common knowledge, right, that baseball players just don't want anyone in their space. Yeah. I think it's... Not, not that like other athletes are any better or worse, but I think you know me and you have been around here in this business long enough, and it's kind of like baseball players are are the worst kind of people. They're just, <laughs> they're just they. I mean, I mean, if you needed to know anything, anything about how the baseball season was going in March and April, you found it from you got when you had Blake Snell talking. Like it's like yeah. I don't want anything to do with anyone unless I'm getting my money. Like that's it. That's how all. That's how these guys think. 
Period. End of story. They're not out to, to help anyone. They're not out to help television partners. They're not out to, out to help the commissioner in any way. They're looking for theirs. Yeah. And when it comes to, and when it comes to, especially the players union did everything they could to get guys have extra seats on buses in spring training. You think they're going to allow people, the media back into the clubhouse ever again? There's no way. And if Walker Bueller had seen that guy face-to-face in the clubhouse, you know, like the way things used to be, Walker Bueller probably would have punched that guy. <laughs> or he probably would have been held back by five teammates. He left the press conference after that, by the way. Because, of course he did. I mean, when you lose a playoff game like that in the NLCS... And it's just, hey, Walker, how about those pants? <laughs> and you know what? There was another question, actually. And Graceffo, see if you can find this. So there was uh, Mark Melanson earlier this week with the Braves. He was asked a totally ridiculous question earlier in the week, too, that he refused to answer. And if you could find that, I- I'd love to play that for everybody, too, because it- it's the funniest thing ever. But, yeah, the Walker Bueller thing cracked me up. If I, if I didn't talk about it on this show, I think it would have been a travesty. So... You're welcome. Uh, Now, anyway, we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. I am Vince Quinn with you here. If you want to get in 855-212-4227, we've been doing a little bit of bad free agents tonight. And if you've got one, 855-212-4227, because Le'Veon Bell gets signed. He gets paid a ridiculous amount of money. Everybody knew it was a bad contract. It turned out being a horrible contract. And so what are some other deals like that? Let's go to John, who's in Memphis. John, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up? Hey, um, so I was thinking about Le'Veon Bell and uh, that guy named Zimmerman. And um, what came to mind immediately was when the Grizzlies in Memphis signed Andre Iguodala right after he just got done yes. with the Warriors, and he just decided he wasn't going to play. So he didn't play. At least Le'Veon Bell and Zimmerman played. I mean, I guess for the Tigers, they played a couple of games. Um, yeah. But... Andre Iguodala didn't play a single – he didn't even travel with the team. He refused he to show practice. up. He didn't show <laughs> up. He did nothing. Well, yeah, for him to go – and he might have gotten traded, but they – they and I, yeah, I think that's right. He got traded away from the Warriors, but they were desperate to get him. And then he was like, yeah, I'm not going to play here, even though, you know, John Morant is amazing, and that team was pretty fun anyway. And so right. they had to get rid of him. And, and I mean, it, it worked out well for him, too, because Le'Veon Bell goes to the Chiefs, and for Iggy, he ends up with the Heat. So it's funny how it works for guys like that sometimes. But he found a good place. And, John, I appreciate it, man. So if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. Now, here's the other thing is, did you see Trevor Lawrence today? Did you see what Trevor Lawrence did? Because it was ridiculous. In in one half of football, one half, Trevor Lawrence, 404 yards and five touchdowns. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous stat line. Who is your daddy? Yeah, and what does he do? He, he stomps all over you. That's what he does. Trevor Lawrence, for years now, has been routinely embarrassing people. That's it. it he shows up and he mocks people. It's, it's not even a sport when Trevor Lawrence and Clemson are playing half of the teams that they do. And they played uh, Georgia Tech today, and the game was a joke. I mean, they won this game, what, like 73-3 to three or something like that? It was 
ridiculous. Let me let me pull up the final score because honestly, it's really embarrassing to the sport of football that this thing happened. Like that's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, no, it it was ludicrous. Four hundred and four yards and five touchdowns by halftime, Graceffo. Halftime, halftime. Yeah, and he hadn't thrown an inter- he threw an interception today. Yeah, which amazingly enough, he did. Uh, and he hadn't thrown an interception in three hundred and sixty four days, <laughs> calendar days. <laughs> That's is that one of the few things he can actually like kick himself over as a college player at this no. point? Like, oh no. man, shucks. No. You know what he should be thinking after the game? What am I still doing here besides like you know just hanging out on campus, which you're not even allowed to do anymore? Which I mean, I'm true. Yeah, like what am I even do? What am I even doing here anymore? Like, why am I not just prepping to be picked number one by whomever is lucky enough to to have this pick? Uh, uh, cough, cough, uh, Jets. Uh, what am I doing? <laughs> Just not just hanging around here, risking whatever injury possible, risking whatever virus I might catch, risking everything. Everything. Everything to be out here on the field to embarrass Georgia Tech. I mean, whoop-de-doo. I'm glad you did it, Trevor. We're all happy for you. But, I mean, you got to realize where the next stop is, don't eventually? Well, yeah, and for him, here, here's the thing. And by the way, that game ended 73-7, to okay? that For Trevor Lawrence... There was talk about him being drafted in the first round after his freshman year. Like, if he went pro that year, enough NFL scouts said, yes, I would take this guy immediately today. That's amazing, right? How many guys could you actually say that about? Very few. And you had that whole war. Obviously, this goes back to Maurice Claret years ago. And if you're younger and you forget what happened with Maurice Claret. Google it, okay? You have an internet machine, and that's what it's for. No, but but the long story short with uh, Maurice Claret is it was what happened. He was a running back with Ohio State. He had like 5 billion touchdowns in his freshman year. I think they won the national championship that year. He goes, you know what? I've accomplished everything. I want to go pro. But the NCAA wouldn't let him, or the NFL wouldn't let him because they had these rules in place that they pretty much still do today. And he couldn't go. So he was forced to play more college football. By the time he went pro, he wasn't the same guy. He ended up falling out. He had all these problems. Now he's a motivational speaker, which, like, good for him. He figured things out. But he was a guy that should have been pro after one season of college ball, especially at that position. And for Trevor Lawrence to be that kind of good his freshman year and to win a national title and all these different things, like, nobody doubts Trevor Lawrence and the quality of player that he is. Nobody. Nobody. And so for him to have to stick around and play meaningless games like this, I mean, part of it is, yeah, why is he even taking the field to begin with in that game? You know, it's just, he could literally walk away right now, and how do you fault the guy? There's nothing to say. Like, he, he's just done everything. None of this matters. No, and I, I feel exactly the same way you do. I mean, unless you're playing for a college football playoff, which, I mean, is obviously what they're playing for. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's what? three months down the road from now. And again, no one would have said anything if he had decided to say, hey, uh, I'm out. There's no need for this. My my lottery ticket's basically cashed. I have no issue with any college football player if they're being picked in the top ten. Yeah. Be- deciding to say, I mean, they don't even play bowl games, Vince. Like, <laughs> unless your bowl game is a college football playoff game and you're a top ten pick, why would you even bother? What is the point? I don't know. I don't know. And, and for Trevor Lawrence, it's so crazy because, yeah, he would be a top pick in the draft if, if it ended today. He's already got the national championship, so there's nothing to worry about there. Like, he's just, he's got all the accolades you need. So for him to show up and play 
is crazy for and, and people might say, well, Vince, what about his team, right? He's got to take care of his team. He could be in the NFL for 24 years, 25 years. I mean, seriously, that sounds crazy to say, but think about it. Tom Brady is 43 years old right now. If Trevor Lawrence was allowed to go out when he was a, a freshman and killing it the way that he was, he could have been in the in the league at what nineteen or twenty and played till he's forty five. And again, you said what about the other, what about the other eighty ninety guys? He'll say, well, it was nice playing with you. Uh, see you down the road, some of you. Most of you, I'm never going to see you again. Well, exactly, exactly. Goodbye. He's got a full pro career, the rest of his life to look forward to. I would guarantee you that Trevor Lawrence, who by all accounts has been a good teammate, will be a good teammate to all of those guys that he plays with going forward. But he'll get paid there. That's the difference. He's going to get paid. He'll have guaranteed money, millions of dollars, life-changing amounts of cash. And so, I mean, if he's, you know, 30 years old, but he has this horrific injury and he doesn't make it as the first pick in the draft because, I don't know, they're beating the Citadel 500-2, to two, then is he going to look back on his life and go, you know, well, at least we almost made it to the college football national championship back in 2020. Like, no, he's going to be wondering why did I play? I ruined my life. I wasn't the same player. Like there's so much to lose. And for Trevor Lawrence, man, just sit, sit, Trevor, sit. It's him and Travis Etienne too. He he has no business playing. He had a chance to go pro and came back. But anyway, uh, if you want to get in eight, five, five, two, one, two, Four two two seven. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always hit me up on Twitter at it's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And we've been talking about a lot of different things over the course of the show. Somehow, Trevor Lawrence and whether or not he's worth the number one pick in the draft has become an argument, um, which is very surprising to me. I, I didn't expect that. Like, guys won a national championship. He could have been the number one pick when he was a freshman. He's been around for a couple of more years. This year, he's like, I've seen kids that are bored in a hotel lobby and they're just kind of poking at the fish because they got nothing to do. And and that's what Trevor Lawrence is at this point. He's just bored. I mean, the, the guy doesn't even play half of the games. He goes into the game against Georgia Tech. And what do you think he is? He really like pumped up like, hey guys, let's go get him. This is going to be a tough one for us today. We're going to battle. You know, like, he's going in there. He's like, okay, uh, let me see here. Oh, this guy's open. I'm just going to drop it to him. Oh, it's a touchdown. Wow, that was hard. Uh, let's see. It, it, it turns into like a game where he's like, hey guys, do you th- what if we tried to score in the play? You think we just go 80 yards on one play? What do you think? Let's give it a try. Like, that's where he's at. It's comical to him. It is a rock star playing the guitar behind their head. It's easy. He's so good at it that it's easy. And it's comical. So watching Trevor Lawrence at this point is just, it's such a joke. And I feel bad for the guy because he's just wasting his time there. 
He's not helping his case. He's not improving his draft stock. He doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. He's already won a national championship. He's got so much more to play for. And I, I just wonder why. I, I just wonder why. Take the year off. Go home at this point. Vince, he can win another national championship. I mean, yeah, he could. He could also break his leg in five places or end up like Dak Prescott or, you know what I mean? Like, think about the conversation and how it changed with Dak Prescott once he got hurt. The guy's ankle is sideways, and I feel terrible for Dak Prescott. That's a horrible injury. And he was playing really good football. I mean, they were losing games, but he's playing really good football. The offense wasn't the problem. And so you see what he's doing, and you see the injury, and you know the problems he's had with Dallas, and he's on a franchise tag, and you ask a lot of questions. What is the future for Dak Prescott? And for that to happen just a week ago, and for Trevor Lawrence to be stepping out on a football field after that, it is crazy to me. Stone cold, certifiably crazy. But if he wants to keep playing, I mean, it's his choice. I just don't think it's a good one. Now, anyway, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn here. You can always hop in on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Give me a follow there at It's Vince Quinn. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. Now, let's talk for a minute about an NFL team that I got to tell you, I, I wrote them off. I mean, going into this season, I, I have a list in my head of the teams that I think are worth watching, teams that I might catch a game or two. You know, if they turn out being a surprise, I'll turn them on and really figure out what they're about. Like, the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, is Gardner Minshew fun? Yes, Gardner Minshew is absolutely fun. Is he a guy that I need to tune in for? Do I have to watch the Jags each week? Is that the matchup that I'm looking at, even if they're playing a great team? You know, is it like, oh, wow, Jags, Patriots, got to see this one? No, I'll watch other Patriots games. They're going to play plenty of good teams. And and that's how I look at a lot of this, you know? Because being a national radio host, just to be honest with you, I'm not watching every single second of every single game. It's impossible. Is that what you really think I'm doing in my free time? Like, that'd be crazy. You know, I got to live my life. I got things I want to do. I got to live and breathe and also, you know, make money. This is one shift a week for me. I love the job. Don't get me wrong. This is a dream come true. But if you think I'm watching 16 football games every single week to do a four-hour show once a week, you're out of your mind. It's just there's no way. It's not happening. So you, you don't watch certain teams. You prioritize things, right? And one of those teams that I slept on going into the year, and I certainly did after they had a major injury, the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely. Yes. I wasn't excited for the Carolina Panthers. Like, they have some guys that are fun. DJ Moore, for example. He's not like a Hall of Fame wide receiver. But that guy's fun. If he's a part of a, a winning football team, I can see that. There's a lot of ways you can use DJ Moore where he's really productive and exciting and just cool. Like, it's cool to see a wide receiver get a ball out of the backfield and truck somebody and keep on going. That's awesome. You know, so I like elements of what they got going on there. But Christian McCaffrey goes down for the year. I see Teddy Bridgewater. Um, they drafted all defensive players. Seven, I think, defensive players for the Carolina Panthers. It's all they took. And so with a rookie head coach and Matt Rule, and I know Joe Brady, the LSU passing coach phenomenon, connected to Joe Burrow and everything that happened last year. Like, could that be exciting and great? Sure. Was that a priority for me this year? Was that a team I was going to keep my eye on? No. And a couple of weeks into the season, I got to tell you, I'm wrong about the Carolina Panthers. Now, are they the greatest team I've ever seen? No. But you know what it is? The Carolina Panthers are just good enough to beat anybody. That's how I look at them. I don't expect them to win any given week. But 
if you tell me the Panthers in one week, they go, and let, let me run through their schedule here, actually, because I'm curious who they play. Being in the NFC South right now, you, you look at the Panthers, and they're at the top of the division. I mean, they're right up there. It's them, it's the Buccaneers, and I think they're tied with the Saints right now as well. So they play the Saints next week, and they beat the Saints? Absolutely. Like, that's a game I want to see. That's fun. That's a great divisional matchup. So you look at the Panthers, and Teddy Bridgewater, by the way, is completing like every single pass that he throws. I'm pretty sure his completion percentage is in the the 70s right now. And I'll double-check that number for you in a minute. But, man, I mean, Carolina is one of those teams that it doesn't have that buzz factor, but they're good, man. Like, that is a a totally under-the-radar team. If you're a Carolina fan, you should be excited. Like, that is... That is a good squad, a good starting year, and uh, if they just happen to be on your TV because that's how the market stuff works out, give them a shot. I mean, really, if if you love the sport, Carolina's a team you can really fall for in a, in a fun way. So, anyway, 855-212-4227. Let's go to uh, Matthew in San Diego. Matthew, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Hi, what's up? So... You know, everybody's on this whole Trevor Lawrence and the New York Jets kind of thing, right? So, obviously, the Jets get the number one pick. They have to take Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. So, they they traded away Jamal Adams to the Seattle Seahawks for two first-round picks and, like, a third-round or a fourth-round. So, what the Jets can do is get him a young receiver or even try to go trade for a veteran receiver in A.J. Green, who the Bengals should let go. And then you give him that 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 help. Yeah, and you know that's that's a really good point too that you you bring up as well, Matthew, with the Jamal Adams trade and the picks they got. When you've got extra first round picks already, then your interest in trading back from the number one pick is not all that high, right? You've got other extra picks. You got a lot of young talent you can put on the team. So it's not like you draft Trevor Lawrence and you trade it up to get him and now you can't surround him with anything. You can just draft him because you're there at number one. And if you're the Jets, you just surround him with all these other guys you can take. Like it's a it's a great thought. Cause for them, that's something they should consider. Like Sam Darnold is just not good enough to say, I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence, one of the best quarterbacks college football's ever seen. Uh, we don't need you. We're going to go with Sam Darnold. So, Matthew, great point, man, and I, I appreciate the call. And if you want to get in, again, 855-212-4227. But uh, something else I want to get to here is in the NFL space, there's a really weird situation happening right now. I don't know if you saw the news with the Patriots, but they had three more people go on the COVID list today. Three more people. And one of them, and this this is the odd thing about it and, and how it's spread with the Patriots, one of those guys is Sony Michelle, who's on IR. So he's not even around these guys as much as your average player is, and he's on the COVID list now. So they got three different guys they had to put on the COVID list. They had a, a player earlier this week that had to go on the list. They shut down the facility on Friday, I want to say. Like, they've been through it, and this is after they get in the clear. Cam is back. Uh, Gilmore, I don't know if he's back, but he should be soon. Like, you feel like they were turning the corner, and now suddenly they've got all these cases again, and they're staring down a 1 o'clock game against the Broncos. So the the curious thing is now is, one, do you get a test, uh, a positive test in the next, you know, 12 hours? And what does that do to the game? Because here's the problem with the Patriots-Broncos game. Both of those teams had a bye. So if you're the NFL... And credit to them, it's been messy, and they've had to play games on Tuesday, and there wasn't a Thursday game this week. Like, there's just a lot of stuff 
that's been going on, a lot of things they've had to manage, but they've been able to move all these games around and play all the games. It's not easy. And now they're staring down the barrel of a gun. You know what I mean? It's, you're looking at this and going, where do you move this game? Because you can't replace it. The bye weeks are gone. So now when you talk about that week 18 scenario, that's staring you in the face. That is right here on our doorstep. It's just a question of whether or not there's a positive test, I guess, really in the next eight, nine hours. So clock's ticking on this one. Hopefully they get the game off. I'm definitely, you know, it's you get these ridiculous takes from time to time that are like, people in the media are rooting for everybody to get COVID in the season to get canceled. Like, no, no, no. You're just cautious about it and worried about their ability to actually do it and do it responsibly. So you wonder about that, but I am hoping that they get this off. And and we'll see. But it's just it's going to be a complicated couple of hours here for the NFL. So with the Patriots specifically, that's what you got to keep your eyes on and whether or not that game goes through and how the NFL handles it. So just something to keep note of. Now, 855-212-4227 is how you join the show. We go to Austin and Dallas. Austin, what's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. Uh, just want to talk about uh, the New York Jets and all uh, sunshine, uh, Trevor Warren. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is uh, Sam Darnold has had no nothing to throw to this year, and this team has had a history of not having receivers. I mean, the last time they've had receivers was Santonio Holmes and Plaxico Burris, maybe. I mean, Santonio Holmes was a number two, and then Plaxico Burris was decent until he shot himself. Well, so, yeah, and I feel like he was that was because with you when he was with the Jets, I feel like that was the very end of his career, right? He spent like a season at like thirty five yeah. years old, so there wasn't even much left. The, the best thing they had recently is Robbie Anderson, and he didn't want to be there anymore. And now he's doing a good job in Carolina. Well, I just think, I mean, I wouldn't give up on Darnold that first year. I mean, they went on a little run towards the end when he came back in, and uh, I mean, he lit up my Cowboys that one game, but. I mean, I think you trade that pick, and you can get like two first-round receivers. I mean, Jamar, this this draft is loaded with receivers. You got Jamar Chase, and those two from Alabama. I think there's another one from LSU, and you just uh, just stack up the picks and then just build your team. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is playing in a crappy division. I mean, oh, Big Whoop, they beat Georgia Tech. Don't they still run the? Don't they still run the wishbone offense? But I mean, but they beat them seventy three to three, and Lawrence does this good. every week. But Lawrence does this every week. He was out of the game at halftime with five touchdowns. He's won a national it's championship. The, it's the ACC, they don't play anyone until, and then once they get to the end of the year, they finally start to play people. And last year, he didn't play that good in the college playoff. The first year. I mean, these teams watch film. I, I think he's going to be a bust, to be honest. Ooh, okay. Now, really see, if, if you are if you have some level of his ability to translate, you can make the case, but I just disagree with that. And, Austin, I appreciate it. Like, Graceffo's dying inside, by the way, when it's being suggested that the Jets would just trade away the pick and not draft Lawrence. I, I, I could feel the heartbreak on this side, Graceffo. I really could. Again, for everyone, and this is everyone that calls us tonight, there is no general manager in football. There's no executive in football. There's no coach in football that would trade that pick. There's no one. No one would do it. No one would do it. This has been the best quarterback prospect for the last... I mean, people talk about John Elway when they see this kid. Again. Now, again, none of this is Sam Darnold's fault. That's not what we're saying. But the Jets have ruined him to the point of beyond recognition. The Jets did nothing to help him. They set him up to fail. 
The general manager who's here did not draft Sam Darnold. He has no ties to Sam Darnold. You get, again, I'm going to say this to him blue in the face. You get to reset your cap when you have to pay a quarterback. Yeah. That's the most important thing here. The Jets would have to make a decision to pay Sam Darnold within the next two years. You know how long they would have to pay Trevor Lawrence, Vince? Five years. Five. And if they five. want to tag him, so seven? What, so what's more than five is more than two? And you have nothing else on this roster? Guess what you're doing? Yeah. You're taking the quarterback. And again, the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals were laughed at. They were laughed at. They said, this is awful. This is not the way you should run your team. Are people saying that anymore? Everyone's forgotten about Josh Everyone Rosen. has forgotten about the fact that the Cardinals drafted two quarterbacks in a row. The Jets wouldn't even be doing that. This is not a dumb thing to do. And again, it's not Sam Darnold's fault. But these are things that have just happened. Yeah, and, and you could get something for Darnold. The fact that there's enough people that are out there already that are saying, don't don't trade Sam Darnold, don't take Lawrence over Darnold, it tells you the public opinion because most of these people, I would assume, are not Jets fans. So he's getting that kind of respect where people look at him and go, hey, the kid can play a little bit, and he can. I'm, I'm not out on Sam Darnold. I'm not saying the experience is over, but it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we got to come on now. Like, at, at this point, is Sam Darnold okay at times, yeah. Is he going to be the best quarterback in the NFL? No. Could Lawrence be? Yes. You got to give yourself the most opportunity. You got to give yourself the best chance. You trade Darnold, get what you can, third rounder, fourth rounder, whatever that's going to be. And you go with Lawrence and you use that pick on somebody that's going to help him out. And that's what it is. So that's what you do. Anyway, 855-212-4227. We've clearly struck a nerve with the, the Trevor Lawrence conversation. Because And this all started with just the fact that he's got no business playing this year. It doesn't do anything for anybody except Clemson. That's it. It helps Clemson. It doesn't help uh, Trevor Lawrence at all. What does it do for him? What is he gaining from this? Does he have to really worry this year about somebody taking the number one spot away from him? Wasn't that basically locked up before the season started? Like, he's going to be the guy. So, what's he doing? I, I don't know, honestly. For him to go 400 yards and five touchdowns and a half today in a 73-7 to win against Georgia Tech, you just shake your head and go, this kid shouldn't be playing college football. There's no reason for him to. And if anything, the rules are dumb. The rules are dumb, right? Can't we acknowledge the rules are dumb? The rules are dumb, right? Like, if that guy is good enough that an NFL team goes, we want to take you, and they do, he should be able to go. It's pretty simple. This is America, isn't it? Free markets and all that. Like, what? he's available. He should be available. Well, Vince, you're not, you're not advocating for 19-year-old kids to be walking around with money, are you? How dare I? Yeah, don't do that. That's I know. Bad. Then they're going to be doing, the, you know, the, the plank challenge. And, uh, what what are these 19-year-old kids going to be doing with their money? This is, this is another thing that, like, oh, we can't have people being drafted out of high school to play in the National Basketball Association, so let's have them play as indentured servants for one year. That'll really change things. It's such a dumb thing. And the NBA, by the way, has fixed that. They got rid of it. They've got some of the best prospects that would be playing college basketball this year. They're going to be in the G League. They're going to be in the G League. They're going to play in the G League for a year. They're going to make actual money without, oh, my God, here's a shoe company giving you a bag in a parking lot somewhere. Like, they're going to actually just pay these guys out of the open. <gasps> oh, my God, how could they do this, right? Like, they're just going to pay them. 
So do that. Like, let Trevor Lawrence make money. It, this isn't complicated. It's not. So anyway, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always hop in on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Give me a follow there at It's Vince Quinn. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And somebody said something that got my attention in a way where I was like, oh, buddy, I can't believe you just said that at a press conference. What are you thinking? And and who am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, who, after firing Dan Quinn this week, which as a Quinn is very upsetting, um, as he fired Dan Quinn, and he's doing a press conference with everybody, he talks about Matt Ryan and says, basically, there's no real commitment to Matt Ryan. After this year, Matt Ryan could be gone. And I know he's 35 years old, and it's it's just been stagnant the past couple of years. Is that a Matt Ryan problem? No, right? They're a poorly coached team ever since Kyle Shanahan left. That's the fact of the matter. Who's the genius in that situation, right? Look back on that team. It's Shanahan. That's the missing link. That's what changed. That's it. So... Thinking about where they are now, the Falcons, 0-5, right? Maybe they're probably not drafting Trevor Lawrence because, well, the Jets are going to keep Sam Darnold and pass on Trevor Lawrence, so maybe they will. (laughs) As Graceffo cries. uh, But but you you look at it and you go, okay, could they draft a quarterback in the first round? Yeah, I, I think that's pretty likely that they do. And if Matt Ryan is going to be available, the problem is salary cap stuff, right? It's he's got a big cap hit. You can't cut him. But I was playing around on a salary cap calculator. I I think it was over the cap. And if I was reading it correctly, if they do a June 1st trade next year, post June 1st, that's that's one of those dumb designations that I don't fully understand. But the calculator, and that's all that matters, is post June 1st, if you traded Matt Ryan, the cap hit is still really bad. It's like $17 million or something. But you could trade him eat that money for a year, get whatever picks you do, say a second-round pick, and trade him to the San Francisco 49ers, who are not thrilled with Jimmy G. You saw what he's been, which is a guy that throws the ball 10 times a game. That's all they've needed. It got them to the Super Bowl last year. But if you could have Matt Ryan or Jimmy G, I'm going with Matt Ryan, okay? That's that's an easy decision for me. Seeing what he did, which was an MVP season. I mean, he won the MVP before with Kyle Shanahan. Can you reunite those two? When you see Aaron Rodgers, what he's doing at his age, to be, you know, down years for a couple of years and now be playing like an MVP again, it's not that surprising to see what Aaron Rodgers is doing. And, and by the way, we're actually going to have a Packers guy in uh, just a couple of minutes out from Wisconsin, the Green Bay area, uh... Marcus Eversall is going to be joining the show, and we're going to talk about that game, Packers and the Bucks. But 
you see Aaron Rodgers and you go, yeah, like I didn't expect this, but I'm not surprised. If Matt Ryan, if that cap designation stuff, the, the calculator finagling that I was doing, if it turns out that that is possible and Atlanta can get rid of Matt Ryan, draft a quarterback, and send him to San Francisco, that would be so much fun. So much fun. I would love to see that. Like, just just for great NFL storylines, watching quality football, all that different stuff, if Matt Ryan can make his way out there, and you got to think the 49ers are at least a little bit interested, that could be so much fun, man. Like That's that's the dream. So, anyway, 855-212-4227. Let's take a call. Let's go to uh, Ralph in New Jersey. Ralph, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Very What's going on? smooth operator. Yes, a How very smooth operator. How are you I'm doing, Ralph? Going. I don't know. I'm doing good. <laughs> I'll tell you real quick. I experienced this myself with John Elway. You know, I go back to the Baltimore Colts, man. Never mind Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. My opinion, it's not, I just wanted to get something real quick after that. In my opinion, there's no way he goes for the Jets. He's going to pull a John Elway or an Eli Manning. So I think oh, the point is, wow. he's not going. He's not going. I'm telling you, the kid is not going to go to the worst work. Arguably, sorry to the Jets fans. I don't mean this in a negative way. Yeah. It's the worst organization in professional sports. He's not doing it. If, if Trevor and, Lawrence decides and publicly announces or through his agent leaks that he's not going to go to the Jets, I'm going to need a new producer because James Graceffo yeah, will drop that. I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that to him either. I'm sorry. I I, it's I, not I, a I personal front to Graceffo. It's just I don't know if he'll be able to handle okay, it. That's but, all. But my point was, Vince, real quick. I had a problem with Frank Reich, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. He's loyal to a fault. And when I mean a fault, I mean a fault. Last year, he stayed with Adam Vinatieri because his name was Adam Vinatieri. And he lost arguably three games for the Colts and kept them out of the playoffs. Yeah. This year, he's going to stick with Phillip Rivers when Phillip Rivers obviously is not Phillip Rivers anymore. Now, what is his options? The Kobe Brissett? Um, I, don't, I don't know. But to me, Phillip Rivers is finished. Yeah, he looked really bad. He gave the Browns nine points through interceptions, and I wanted your take on Frank Reich. Is it good for a coach to be loyal to a fault and have their players really play for them hard, or is it a negative because you're going to stick with guys that can't play anymore? Well, I yeah, want your opinion on that, Vince. And Ralph, that's a great question. And so here's what it comes down to: is loyal to a fault at times can be good. If it's a guy that's been with your franchise for forever and you're riding him out and you're hoping like, okay, this guy's a Hall of Famer, we're going to keep playing him and we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, as an Eagles fan, if you look up what Jason Peters is doing this year, he's been god-awful. There was a contract dispute in the offseason. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you can mention anybody. Willie Mays, Mickey Mount, whatever sport you want to mention, Muhammad Ali. Eventually, the greatest are not the greatest anymore. And And sometimes coaches don't realize that either. Well, yeah, that, and that's exactly what happens. Well, Philip Rivers is, is a total example of that. He, it, like, watching him throw a football is just a really weird thing. It, it doesn't look comfortable or easy, <laughs> and he throws interceptions, did. and he kills the team, and they're a ball-control team. Like, he is not the kind of quarterback you want for a team like that. So no, the, the loyalty no, it's a, it's is killing them. Now, you yeah, look at them. You look at the option, and that's the thing is when the quarterback is the guy that you're too loyal to, and by the way, he doesn't have the longevity there. You know, this is first year with the Colts. I could see a lot of players in the locker room looking around and going like, yeah, why isn't Brissett in there? At least he was yeah, and, okay. And, and the last year for the Colts, by the way, you, you know, and I, you, everybody talks about the Jets, the Falcons, everybody else. Well, you know what? We're looking for a quarterback, too. Yeah, no, the Colts clearly need a quarterback, and next year they're certainly going to be in the market. And, Ralph, that's a great call. Like, the Colts are a fun team. 
You know, they've they've got a good framework where if you get a good quarterback in there, they could be great. I mean, the offense, the offensive line especially is, is really well built. They put a lot of resources into that. You still have T.Y. Hilton. You look at the defense. They put a lot into that. Darius Leonard is a star. They trade for Buckner. That works out great. You know, trading a first-round pick for a defensive tackle is a risky move to sell to a fan base and, and all that stuff. And it's worked out. That's been a dream for them. So to see where the Colts are, they're a quarterback away. Like, they're a, a pretty good quarterback away from doing this thing. And so they got to find that guy. Phillip Rivers, as, as the kids say, he ain't it. Now, uh, if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always hop in on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. So here's what I want to do next is... We're going to talk about the Packers, and we're going to talk about the Bucks and what that game looks like and how it's been compared to. Because for the Packers, think about this, right? They're a 13-3 team last year. They go to the NFC Championship game. They might be better this year. And so I want to talk to a Packers guy about it. So again, uh, Marcus Eversall from 107.5, the fan in Green Bay, he's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about the Packers and, and all that good stuff. That's on the other side.